0: What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast, Episode 10. My name is Christian Brady alongside Matt Tiart in a new studio today. Matt, what's up?
1: Oh, my gosh. I can't contain my excitement. We're in a little alcove. Is that what you would even call it? Uh little I, nook?
0: Yeah, a nook. That, yeah, I guess that's it.
1: Uh, behind the Tiger Vision studio, but... I'm amped cuz we can make this our own. I already bought some signed jerseys. Oh. You know, your Christmas present. Yep. I'm going to hang up another one. We're going to try to blow up our Good Goal podcast logo and put it on the wall. Get get a camera in here. We're we're going Post big. Post it on
0: YouTube, make our own YouTube
1: channel. We're going big.
0: Instagram, Twitter.
1: I'm amped. We're
0: getting into the world.
1: So this is this is our our birth.
0: Yeah, so congratulations on being a part of the birth of the Good Goal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because when it blows up, y'all will still be getting our shout-outs.
1: That's right. Because you're our first listener. And you've already been here for 10 episodes. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you to like the 25 Exactly. All right, let's get into it. Yesterday has been a whirlwind. This past week has been a whirlwind. It
0: really is, and it always is, But it leading seems, up to the trade deadline. But it
1: seems like the deadline, like Monday morning, is just going to be dead since all these trades are happening right now. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's Monday at 3 p.m., and they have a whole deadline show where, like, four moves are made, and they're just sitting there like, this is what this team should do, but they're probably not going to do it. Yeah, and they're,
1: like, twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, exactly. They're going to
0: go over the trades that have already happened for, like, the last week. They'll go over, like, four times each. Anyway. Yeah.
1: All right, uh, let's get into some suspensions first. Yeah, we're going to start with the
0: non-trades because we got some interesting things to talk about. First, San Jose Sharks forward Evander Kane, a repeat offender, was suspended three games for elbowing Jets' Neil Pionk on Friday night. He subsequently called out the NHL Player Safety Department and its commissioner, George Paros, for inconsistency and preferential treatment for some and not others. The main name that he used was Zidane Ochara. I cannot help but agree with him in this sense, but I have my opinions on whether he should be saying this or not. Matt, what do
1: you think? Uh, I agree with him that the NHL, what is it, P.S.? Player, yeah, I guess. NHL P.A. Yeah,
0: it's hard to not say P.A.,
1: but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the player safety department is very inconsistent. I completely agree with him. But he can't be the fo- the front runner or whatever you want to call it, the mockingbird of this yeah. this call-out because he is a repeat offender. That's
0: my – that's exactly what I
1: think. So, say it's like Connor McDavid who, you know, is the face of the league right now. Mm. He gets suspended three games after something that's iffy and he calls him out. I'm I'm full with him. I'll sign petitions. I'll do whatever. Yeah. Evander Kane has been suspended before. Let's take it easy.
0: Right. If someone else came out and said this and then Evander Kane was like, yes, here's my problems. It's happening to me too. Then I don't think anybody would have a problem with yeah. it. It's just the fact that you look at the guy's record, he gets suspended like once a year. It's hard to say like, yeah, you're right. You, sh- you don't deserve these suspensions. This particular one, I'm not really sure. He did get an elbow, but there's a play like this every single night. Yeah. He gets three games because basically if a guy who's offended that much goes in for a hearing, he's going to get at least two
1: games. I'm... It's we've seen it as Caps fans. We've seen it time and time again with Tom Wilson. If anything is even close, mm-hmm. he's getting suspended. But it's also along the same line. If Tom Wilson comes out and say the Department of Player Safety is inconsistent, mm-hmm. we're all going to be like, whoa, take it easy. Yeah, Come maybe on. maybe not you, Tom. Yeah,
0: yeah. and I mentioned Zidane Ochara. It's true. Zidane Ochara put his stick into the throat of Gallagher a few nights ago against Montreal on a Wednesday night rivalry. And got fined $5,000 for it. Last year, a year ago to the day of his suspension, actually, or almost, or at least close, Chara, being a bigger guy, he got his elbow up into the face of Evander Kane. Evander Kane missed a bunch of time, no hearing, no fine, no suspension. It was just a little, you know, it's just, you get where he's coming from because that happened to him was Daniel Chara, so naturally even matches his name. That being said, Hockey is a game that's built on this respect. Like it it exists in the locker room, it exists on the ice. So it makes sense that it goes upstairs to George Paris who's saying, "Well, yeah, it's on Ochara. We know what his intent is because of how long he's been here, how clean at least he's been a player his entire career, at least what we've found." Yeah. So it does make sense that they give that respect. Whether that he deserves that respect is completely up to you. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinions on this because this is a thing that's dividing the hockey world. Some people saying, "Well, of course, Adan O'Chara doesn't get suspended. He is not a repeat offender. He doesn't. He has more respect than you, Evander Kane, who has basically been a safety problem since you stepped into the league. You mentioned Tom Wilson. It's the same type of thing, where he got 20 games for a hit in preseason. In preseason, he missed 18 games. He appealed and got two games off. Like mm-hmm. that matters at all? Yeah. But Yeah, maybe you don't deserve twenty games for anything you do in the preseason. You can make that argument. So uh, it it's just it depends. Like there are a bunch of people saying, Well, of course those guys are gonna get it because they're repeat offenders, they've been dirty since they got in. They're not gonna get the same respect as Danano Charo who played eighteen years without getting suspended more than a game.
1: Yeah, it's it's not only a respect thing, it's just the benefit of the doubt. Like if you're a repeat offender you question the intent, whereas someone who has proved themselves to be a clean player, there's really no intent there, right? Yeah. So
0: If Brad Marchand is zooming by a guy and his stick ends up under his cup in his nuts, then you're like, of course Brad Marchand (laughs) meant to do that. Yeah. But say, like, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, gets their stick up in someone's stomach just on a drive-by, they're like, well, these guys have a good reputation. I doubt that that was intentional, you know? You just It it really depends on the player, and that's, I think, what Paris is saying. But to some extent, it goes a little bit too far.
1: Yeah. Uh, Chara, with the cross-check to the neck, they posted it on Twitter, and people were like, lifetime ban. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Should have been suspended. So I sent it to you, and I said, well, the first thing you said was, should be way more. So you even agreed, maybe a yeah, suspension. Yeah, I didn't think he
0: should get – I didn't think he should get suspended. That was just me. Yeah, It's just a tussle thing. Like, Obviously, his hands are a foot higher than Gallagher's hands. When he does a cross check like that, Gallagher gave him a cross check too. It was just like at his nipples because that's where Gallagher <laughs> is. He's like 5'8". And Char is 6'8", obviously, 6'9".
1: So then I said comments are saying ban. That might be a little much. <laughs> and then you said, LOL, kick him out of the league. Yeah, so. get him out. They might have to force him to retire.
0: After yeah, $5,000 fine and lifetime ban. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, But, yeah, I think what all this wraps up, like what all this comes down to is, yes, the Department of Player Safety is inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It does need to be looked at not on this particular case. Because Kane. Definitely, I don't know if he deserved three games, but that's what he got because he's a repeat offender, and that's hard to argue with.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. All but right, it's different than, say, the MLB. I don't know what their department is called, but they basically give out eighty games, one hundred sixty-two games, or sixty games, twenty games. It's all like rounded numbers, and it seems like they're able to have consistency because all of their offenses are like similar. Yeah, like you use drugs, like banned substances, you get sixty games. You use PEDs, you get one hundred sixty-two games. That's an entire season. Pitching at the head
1: is, like, something.
0: Yeah, probably 10 games. You can round off those numbers because, like, the incidences are all similar. In hockey, it's I It's also agree.
1: the season's so long, Yeah, 10 games.
0: Is like. Yeah, right. And I, I agree in hockey that there has to be a spectrum because every incident has to be looked at differently. Because yeah. there are so many violent instances in hockey, it's an inherently violent game. So the fact that they give away different suspensions for different things Definitely makes sense. The fact that repeat offenders are punished more definitely makes sense to me. Even to me, it makes sense that guys who have earned respect get the benefit of the doubt. But there's definitely inconsistency when you look at guys who have similar like, grievances and are getting way different games. And we yeah. see that with our next suspension, Zach Cassian, which is n- not a similar situation. This is an absolute ridiculous thing. He was – Eric Chernak was on top of him. Yeah, he was like and, boarding
1: him against yeah. the boards, and, and he was down on his back on the ice. Mm-hmm. And he goes to like get up, and he pushes Cass or he pushes Churnack with his skate. He kicks him in the, the chest. chest, which is like attempted murder.
0: Extremely dangerous play. Everyone was saying probably gets ten games. I don't think Cassian is a repeat offender. Everyone's saying ten games. That's what he's gonna get. 15 would not surprise me. He gets seven.
1: Yeah. I, I don't. Seven's not enough.
0: No, I don't think it's nearly enough. It's just such a, if you haven't seen the video, it's impossible to describe how scary it is when you're watching it. It's shocking. Yeah. It's like this guy just, you're taught that the second you put on a skate, you say, this stays on the ice at all times. Do not kick someone with it.
1: Yeah, this isn't Happy Gilmore. I took off my skate and tried to stab somebody. Even in
0: that, it's the most ridiculous thing. And he says he's the only guy who ever tried to And now Zach Kashtian basically does the same thing in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Not the beer league that Happy Gilmore is (laughs) playing.
1: Well, he doesn't even make the team. No, (laughs) he doesn't make the beer league team. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is such a dangerous play. I can't
0: believe he got seven games. Unless they have a different angle where it's like he pulled back or something. Either way. If it crosses your mind on the ice to kick a guy, you should be out for 10
1: games. So this is the inconsistency we're, talk- inconsistency we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Vander King gets three games. He's a repeat offender. And then Zach Cassian, I haven't really heard his name for being in trouble. I, might, I could be wrong. But he almost stabbed somebody, and he only gets seven games. Like, wh- what's the guidelines here, right? He's not a repeat offender. But the the play is way more severe than the elbow that Kane threw. This is his fourth suspension. Okay, so he should have been out for even 25 more. Yeah, games.
0: 25 games. Because he put a guy's life in danger. We're not, like, I know we're laughing about it, but seriously.
1: Well, we're only laughing about it because Chernak's okay. He's okay. Chernak's he, in the hospital. This is a completely exactly, different situation.
0: It didn't even... Maybe, yeah, that probably has something to do with it. I
1: think the only thing that it did to Chernak was probably scare him more than anything.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that happened with everybody. But Tom Wilson gets 20 games for a hit in the... No, if I remember correctly, it was an open ice hit the guy wasn't expecting. He comes in... Gets his elbow up high, and the guy's knocked out, Well, it was a shoulder,
1: yeah, to the head. Okay, yes. Yeah.
0: But he wasn't suspecting. He had played the puck a while ago, right? And he was just cutting across. It was just an open ice hit. Yeah, it was an open ice hit. he,
1: he aimed high.
0: Yeah. You could argue that nobody's life was in danger in that play. And here, say Chernak stumbles a little bit, and he gets him in the neck. Yeah. This is a completely different story. Yeah. I know you can't look at it like that and say, what ifs? Because then you end up suspending guys. Then
1: it's a bag of worms uh, or a can of worms you don't want to open. Exactly. But
0: But in this case, I think it does apply at least a little bit. That seems crazy inconsistent, especially now knowing that he has had four suspensions before. I think 15 games would have been completely reasonable for them to give him a suspension like that. But the Oilers luck out. Sorry, I just screamed. The Oilers (laughs) luck out getting only seven games out of this because Cashing's an important player for them.
1: Yeah, especially when they're only scoring his game from Dryside or McDavid.
0: Yeah. So. All right, let's move on from suspensions. Yeah, let's, before I start gonna... stabbing somebody. <laughs> yeah, taking out your shade and try to stab somebody with it. <laughs> Jay Bo Meester has returned home, visited with the team. He's doing okay. Uh, he went to UC Irvine Hospital. Maybe it wasn't UC, but a hospital in Irvine got a pacemaker put into his heart to regulate his heartbeat. It was a confirmed, a cardiac episode. There's no report on what caused it, if it was fatigue or something like that. We don't think it was, but that's all speculation. He was placed on long-term IR recently by the team. Good to hear that he's okay. Hopefully he can have a hockey career after this. I know he's pretty old, so I don't know. Like, He's been a long, a long time as a He's been around a long time is a better way to put that. He's, yeah. not, he's not old. My dad's old. He's not old. All right. Um, your dad's old. <laughs> he looked at me like, don't talk about my dad. Oh,
1: my gosh. You, no, know, what I'm I'm, just you like... know what I'm saying. He's probably, <laughs> what, 35?
0: That's not old.
1: Kevin, Mark, we love you. Yeah, we love you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa's old. Cool. Continue. I don't know what this has to do with anything. I don't know if it
0: makes sense for him to work t- for like a, a year and a half comeback to only to come back for a year. You would hate to see a guy's career end on something so traumatic like this. You'd hope he could come back for a season and at least have a little bit of success because it would be super sad if this was the end of his career. But I don't know. It, it kind of looks like it might be that way, especially if he doesn't return next year.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find the uh, the statement he made.
0: Yeah, it was pretty brief, but he said thank you to the Anaheim Ducks, to their trainers, to the hospital, and for all the support. Uh, Something like he's he's stable now. He's doing okay.
1: Yeah. I would sincerely like to thank all of the trainers from both St. Louis Blues and Anaheim Ducks as well as all the first responders, the Anaheim medical staff, and the team at UCI Medical Center Mm -hmm. for their quick actions on February 11th. Our family has felt the support from the entire National Hockey League family, which they should have. Yeah, and they did. And the city of St. Louis during this time, we have all been greatly comforted by your genuine concern. On Sunday evening, I have returned to St. Louis, and I am on the road to recovery. My wife and daughters are forever grateful for everyone's support, and we will continue to have a positive outlook on the future. So, that doesn't really shed any light on what's going to happen. But, I am on the road to recovery. Is that life, or is that hockey? Yeah, exactly. That's the million-dollar question.
0: And it happened the same thing with, like, Tiger Woods when he had all those surgeries. He was like, I don't know if I can play golf again. What I'm worried about right now is be able to live a normal life, be able to raise my kids like yeah. an actual dad. Yeah. So hopefully that – And then he wins the Masters. Yeah, and then he wins the Masters. Unbelievable story. But this is about Jay Bowman's No,
1: no, no. So what I'm saying is the St. Louis Blues are still good enough to go back-to-back. Yeah, they are. I don't know if – He can be ready in two months is the question. No,
0: I don't think he'll come back this season. I'm just hoping that he's able to, by this summer, get some physical activity in, hopefully get in shape, go to camp, and then maybe halfway through the season he's able to come back. Yeah. Who knows? Just hopefully this isn't the end of his career because that would be a terrible way to end.
1: Justin Williams, I mean, he didn't have any – Anything life threatening like this, but he took the first half of the season yeah. off, and now he's looking great.
0: Yeah, and Mike Fisher, the captain of or the former captain of Nashville, did it two years ago.
1: Yeah, he retired and came back for the playoffs.
0: Uh huh. So maybe that's a theme. People are saying that that's going to be a theme. Like Alex Ovechkin might just come back and play the last twenty games of every season. That's what my dad to was get saying. his goals? Yep. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that's what he does. I know that everybody in the hockey community would be happy to see him do that.
1: Yeah, but uh, with all that being said. As long as he recovers and he's able to raise his daughters and have a normal life, mm-hmm. that like that's number right. one. Exactly. So if he retires, he has a pretty good chance of getting in the Hall of Fame. I say, Look, like whatever is in the best interest of you, of mm-hmm. course we're selfish and wanna set we wanna see you play mm-hmm. but we'll at, I'm pretty sure I speak for everybody that watches hockey and we'll support you in whatever decision you make. Absolutely. So All right, moving on. Yeah, this was the worst call in history when I said Bruce Boudreaux is a good coach. Minnesota is going to make the playoffs. Not even two minutes after we leave the studio last week, Bruce Boudreaux is (laughs) fired. It couldn't have happened like three minutes earlier. Yeah,
0: so if you remember back, our argument was, are the Minnesota Wild rolling over and dying? Because it seemed weird at the time. They were three points out. Now...
1: And in the trade we were alluding to, sorry, I had to drink a water. Go ahead. In the trade we were alluding to for Zucker and Galchenyuk and mm-hmm. a first-round first, first yeah. Round pick. Yeah, thank you. And Kalen Addison. Yep. So my thought was, yeah, they're giving away Zucker, who's actually been playing pretty well for the Pens. Yeah, now we'll the, a couple of games they're, they're now the yeah. Metro Division leaders, mm-hmm. which, like.
0: And now we've got to worry about them in the President's Trophy race. Yeah.
1: So anyway, but. My my argument was I still think they have a solid enough team to push for the playoffs because they were only five points out. But I think the firing of Boudreaux is kind of the the writing on the wall. I agree.
0: So. I don't – if you remember back, the GM said, "There, if I see any more quit, then we're going to sell everybody. We're going to become sellers at the deadline. He said that like two days before he fired Bruce Bouger. I don't even know if there was time in between if
1: that. If there was even a game.
0: With that being said, the Central Division is the tougher of the two the two um, Western Divisions. Jesus, couldn't think of Western. The Cardinal Directions, Christian. Get into your You're head. good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he said that like not even two days earlier. It's a tougher division it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs and we knew that and we said that. I thought that the whole Galchenyuk piece and getting a prospect first round pick meant Penguins are all in, while they're taking a back seat. And now that they fire Bruce Boudreaux, it kinda of seemed like let's give Dean Avison a head start. We think he's our guy moving forward. Maybe it's not full rebuild mode because they did get the first round pick for this season. Yeah. Coming up. Which means that they could draft the guy and have him Thrown in right away. All first-round picks basically go into the, at least the top ten. Yeah. Play right away nowadays. So, I think that's what this is. He's saying if we make the playoffs, that's gravy. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. Fire Bruce. Get a head start with Everson, the replacement, who's been an assistant coach for two seasons now. And hit the ground running next year with our new coach, our younger team. Uh, I think this is it for Minnesota. Even beside the fact of whether they think they can make the playoffs, I don't think they can.
1: So my question out of all of this isn't even about the Wild. It's about Bruce Boudreaux. Mm-hmm. Is he done? No. Got fired with the Caps, got fired with the Ducks, now fired with the Wild. I think that's it's all only in the like beginning a, for Bruce Boudreaux. That's like a 10-year span. I mean, he was the head coach in 2010 when the Caps won the President's Cup. Yes. So that's three teams in nine years.
0: We were talking about who is Seattle's guy moving forward. Is it Bruce Boudreaux? No. We threw out Jim Montgomery. I no, don't, I don't my, actually remember if we did this on the our favorite. No, we didn't. It was okay. on the ride to yeah, that's the, right.
1: the game. Our favorite, you remember, we wanted Jim Montgomery. Yeah. We wanted him to be healthy. I threw Gerard Gallant out there because he is the only coach alive right now that can coach that has experience with an expansion team. Yeah. And guess what? They went to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. And he's a good coach Right. I don't know what Vegas was doing firing him in the first place. It's one
0: of those things where it makes so much sense that, like, you, if they did it, it's be like, okay, like, it's kind of ridiculous yeah. now. It's like, of course you think that the guy who did the last expansion team is going to do a good job with your team. We agree that they probably already have their guy picked out, and if it's a guy who was tenured before they thought about this, then he's probably not the guy. So yeah. I don't think it's Bruce Boudreaux. That being said, I don't think he's done. I think, like you said, he is a great coach. And weird that they would fire him at this time because, well, his contract is up at the end of the season. So, actually, that's a good point. Maybe they knew his contract was up, Seattle. So, maybe they were this their guy all along.
1: I don't know. It's going to get interesting because everybody, well, there's been nine. This is now the ninth coach firing this uh season. So
0: When Boudreaux was fired, they were three points out of the wild card and had won seven of their last 11 games.
1: Yeah, I don't so know. So
0: the timing doesn't make a lot of sense. Because it seemed like they were like, okay, maybe they can make a push. If you remember a while ago, they were not even in the picture.
1: A while ago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that was the dumbest joke I've maybe ever in the history of Good Goal Podcast. Yeah, it's so
0: weird. It just seems like they're making a push now. and they. I think the line has been drawn. The GM says no
1: for this year, yes for next year. They're so close, though. It just doesn't make sense.
0: There is something to say about a GM wanting a cup more than a playoff run. Because even if it's so weird in hockey because any team, any of the 16 teams can legitimately win the cup. Yeah. But maybe he thinks even if we squeak into the playoffs, that's all we got. It's not even
1: worth it. Yeah, we have seen that before. Uh Uh-huh. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Weird, weird decision. But Evison does have, have a I don't know if it's Evison or Evison or Evason or Evison. Dean. Yeah, Dean has a lot of experience. <laughs> uh he coached the Milwaukee Admirals, which was the Preds affiliate for six seasons before before last season he was called up as a wild assistant, hired as a wild assistant, and is now the interim head coach. Well interim head coaches at the end of seasons have a lot of success.
1: Yeah. I don't know, though, do they keep him on? Like, what is he playing for right now? Uh, yeah, I know. Like, what's his bar? Because if they don't make the playoffs, that's kind of to is be expected. He a failure?
0: But he's only three points out.
1: But it's kind of hard when a GM, like you say, say the GM is drawing the line. What's, it, what's he coaching for? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is, You'd have to think that he knows. If the GM is handling – which who knows he might be incompetent. If the GM is handling it like we think he should, or at least like I think he should, then Everson knows his place right now. He knows what is expected of this team. Maybe the GM is saying, "Hey, look, in 2018, Bruce Cassidy came in, didn't lose a game for eight, didn't lose a game in regulation for 18 games in a row when he stepped in after Claude Julien was fired.
1: That's do- what we expect of you. I doubt he's saying that. No, but- I
0: don't think it is. <laughs> but maybe he's saying." It's possible for you to have some success. I want to get into the playoffs. I don't expect a cup, but get some these young guys some experience. We can build up for next year. I don't know. It just seems like hiring a new coach at this point, firing Bruce Boudreaux means eye on the future, not on the present. Yep. That's all I got. All right, there you go. Now we'll move on to some trades. We're going to go from the most recent and work our way backwards. Okay. Starting – with your Capitals acquiring Brendan Dillon from the Sharks in exchange for a 2020 second-round pick and a conditional 2021 third-round pick, the conditions are if the Caps yep. win the Cup this year, that 2021 third-round pick becomes Arizona's 2020 third-round pick because obviously the pick would be lower if they won it. What do you think? We talked about this. We pretty much predicted a trade like this. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, so again, what when we talked last week about what teams need – I said defense. What do we do? For we go out and get a guy who is phenomenal on the blue line, physical, doesn't not a liability. He has 14 points, which it's is fine, which is fine. And my biggest thing is he's not a liability. So Yeah, that's what we said. And playoff experience. He's been to the Cup final. He he's amped to play with the talent that we have he said that I mean he he's has a, to be he's emotional with leaving San Jose but yeah. he he understands it when he got traded from Dallas to San Jose um I'm excited to have him so
0: so where does he fit in here you think he's third parent so in this place means of Siegenthaler?
1: this means Jonas or Jensen is gone that's what this means Jensen really yeah I thought Jensen was in the top four Jensen is in the top four right now, but he plays with Orlov. Okay. And we're still trying to fill the shoes of Niskanen because Niskanen was with Orlov. And yeah. Niskanen is a lot better player than Jensen or Radko Gudis or <laughs> Jonas Siegenthaler.
0: So I actually agree with you. I think that Dylan is we, a top four
1: defensive We move him with Orlov. Mm-hmm. And we have Kempney Carlson because we're not going to separate them. Yeah, they're, they're awesome together. Yeah, And then we got Orlov. Dylan. Yep. And then we got three guys vying for the the bottom two, which would be Gudas. I think it should be Gudas, Siegenthaler, and Ship Jensen hit the bricks. Mm-hmm. Jensen's a proven defenseman.
0: There are guys are going to want him.
1: That's fine. Two point five million a year for what he's given us this year is a lot. Okay.
0: I actually think Jensen's going to play.
1: Nick Jensen, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but go have fun somewhere else. We don't want you.
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah, maybe it's just one of those I, situations where Jensen, Dollar, and Gudis all just play a little bit.
1: They could. That, that could
0: they be won't a dress, They won't dress 7-D, but they'll help because, you scratch one of them every night.
1: Because Dylan is a UFA this summer. It's a rental. I don't see assigning signing him long term. I could be wrong. The only way the I fact,
0: see. The fact is, though, when you get a rental, you're going to play him every night.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going to so wear the brakes one off, of those, Dylan.
0: So he's not one of those bottom two guys. No. He's not a 5th this And he's seed. not. He wasn't in San no, Jose. Right. He's not by just by the way he plays.
1: I'm amped about yeah. this.
0: You should be excited. He has an even plus minus, which is not doesn't jump out of you, but he also plays for the Sharks, who stink.
1: <laughs> That's true. And That's let in true. a
0: lot of goals. So, honestly, not bad.
1: I'm excited. Yeah? I think if – The only way I see him long-term is if we do ship Jensen. Because Jensen, we signed him before he even played a game. We got him from Detroit. We signed him to a four-year, $10 million contract. Mm -hmm. That's not – he's not proving his worth right now to me. So if we ship him off, we have a little bit of cap to sign Dylan. A point you said – or a point my dad said Mm -hmm. at dinner the other night was we might be able to afford Holpe the way he's playing – and me and you had contradictory arguments of Hopey got his check five years ago yep. or two two years ago when he won the cup. Mm-hmm. Somebody already made up his mind that this offseason they were giving him $10, $11 million a year. Yep, I still think that's true. I'll stand
0: by that. Yep. So
1: we we have some room to sign some guys. I, we'll see how he plays. If If he shows up and shows out, I wouldn't mind giving him an extension.
0: Yeah, especially with goaltending reputation, I I feel like is the number one thing. If you know a guy's going to be solid back there, even if he isn't playing great lately, you see contract years don't always work out well for goalies as they do for other players. Yeah. Forwards trying to prove themselves, they'll play more defense, they'll put the puck on net more. Goaltenders, it's so weird. It's so hard to get into their mind's face and my little brother and my dad are goalies and I still don't really understand their heads as far as the position goes, what is it like with that kind of pressure? Some guys thrive under it. Some guys don't. Who knows what Brayden Holpe is like, but I'll agree. I think his reputation is good enough. He won a cup. He won the cup for Washington. He signed his check when he hoisted that in the air.
1: If goalies are a little different as well, if you're a proven goalie, it doesn't matter, right? Agreed. Yerslav Halak has gotten 8 million second chances because – he was proven in, what, 2010? Yeah. And now he's playing great as the Bruins' backup. Exactly. So I think any proven goalie at any point will get second, third, and fourth chances. And he's still proven. So he's Yeah, gonna with get... that
0: being said, we're speaking on Brayden Holpe like he's playing garbage right now. Which you don't think he's playing great. It's a fact that he's not playing great. But obviously
1: 15 teams would take him right now. In a heartbeat. Uh-huh. So there you go. We would take him in a heartbeat if we could afford him. Yeah. And that's the question of how much is he going to go for in the off season? Yeah. So, it's tough. And we kind of drew our line of we're going to go with Backstrom. We're anticipating you're going to get $10, $11 million. We can't afford that. So we're going to go with Backstrom. He's going to retire a cap. And remember, Ovi's contracts coming up in the next couple years. And he wants to retire a cap. How much are we going to give him?
0: Well, or how, mu- how much is he going to take? Because Backstrom definitely didn't take what he could have. He got five years, forty-eight million, if I remember correctly. So that, while of course it's a lot of money, he could have gone out and got gotten ten million dollars from another team if he wanted it.
1: Yeah, five year, forty-six million. That's nine point two. I mean, that's pretty solid. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot because he's getting older.
0: It's true. But I don't think OV takes I don't Ovi's I is not going to demand the 10 million dollars that he He's could still the get. best
1: goal scorer in the league. So That was gross. <laughs> <laughs> he drank some water into his mic. Anyway, to get back to this trade, I'm excited about it. I I know caps fans are excited about it. He's going to wear number 4. Let's roll. All Fast right. track to the playoffs.
0: All right. Moving on. The Blues acquired defenseman Marco Scandella from the Canadiens in exchange for a 2020 second rounder conditional fourth round pick in 2021. The conditions are, listen to this, if St. Louis re-signs him prior to October 7th, 2020, or if they win two rounds and Scandella played in at least half of those games in the first two rounds, Montreal gets a fourth-round pick in 2021.
1: All right, the first thing I want to say is, you remember last week when I said the conditions were crazy? If Scandella eats a ham sandwich Tuesday morning that Mm -hmm. his wife made him before he leaves to practice, but on the way to practice he fills up for gas and he only spends $25 on (laughs) gas, then that second-round pick goes to a third-round pick. Right? That's pretty much what we got here. That's ridiculous. I
0: messed up there. They get the 2022 pick unless all of that St. Louis success happens, in which case they get their pick in 2021.
1: The second thing I want to say is not a shock to anybody. Bo Meester's probably done for the season. Right. They need basically
0: a replacement. They need depth. And you can't replace Bo Meester's locker room presence. Yep. But Scandella has been around. He has some experience. He's kind of a journeyman, so he knows how to fit in with teams right away. It's definitely depth that you add. It's, It's another body on defense who is reliable for you. He... Got traded at the beginning of January from Buffalo to Montreal. he will be a UFA this summer. He's 4-8 and 12. Four goals, eight assists, 12 points, and a plus 10 in 51 10. Game, games played. He's a good defenseman. And he had most of his success this year in Montreal because Buffalo was not satisfied with him. They shipped him off for not a lot. Well, I think it's a good move for, for St. Louis. Like I said, they need another body on defense who is serviceable, and I think he fits well as a top four. Oh, and this is kind of
1: what we expected. This is what we expected. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah.
1: I think it fits for both parties.
0: Agreed. Again. And this is Montreal rolling over. Yeah. Claude Julian himself said, everybody in this locker room understands that we need an unbelievable streak. That was the words you used, unbelievable streak, to get into the playoffs. So, if playoffs are not the goal, what are we doing? That's that's what he said, and we have our answer. What they're doing is setting up for the future, and I don't think Claude Julien would c- attack. Con-
1: what are you trying to get out of here?
0: I don't think Claude Julien is <laughs> upset with the moves that are being made right now because I these picks are valuable, definitely second rounder, fourth rounder, possibly in the next two years, both of them.
1: I think it's good. So you said that Claude Julien stated they need an unbelievable run to get into the playoffs. Well, they're on an unbelievable run right now. They've lost five in a row.
0: Right, they're just not playing with the urgency that they need. It's the
1: second longest losing streak in hockey.
0: I can only imagine how difficult it is to play when you know it's over, but before it's like spoiler time in the last few weeks of the season where you don't really know how it's going to shake out. It's tough to get yourself up for a game that isn't going to matter in the end. So uh, I understand the five-game losing streak, I guess. I definitely understand shipping off your guys that are going to be done at the end of the year. It's a business deal. These games don't mean anything. You're setting up for the future easily. This happens every year at the trade deadline, obviously, in every sport. But it's just investing. It's shipping something that isn't going to do anything useful for you right now. Even if he scores 50 goals in the next 30 games, it doesn't matter because you're not going to make the playoffs.
1: If he scores 50 goals in the next – like to okay, finish out maybe, the regular maybe season. Maybe they will make. The he's playoffs. winning the Norris Trophy. He'll win the Hart Trophy. <laughs> All right. Oh Willie. Oh now you want to throw a defenseman <laughs> in
0: the Hart Trophy conversation. <laughs> I'll grant if John Carlson scores fifty goals in the next twenty-eight games or whatever are left, then he'll win the he'll win the Hart Trophy. <laughs> All right. Happy. Uh,
1: Jets acquired Dylan Damello from Senators in exchange for twenty twenty third round pick. DeMello has 10 assists on the season, zero goals, plus three, and 49 games played. He's 26 years old. Jets. So, my question to you is, Christian, mm-hmm. does this mean that the Jets know that Bufflin is already out the door? Yes. I think, that, I think they already knew that. Because we talked about Bufflin before on the podcast, is he going to come back, is he gonna just forfeit his the rest of his money this year and go play for someone else? We still haven't heard on what's going on, but they signed a another D man. I've I don't think I've ever even heard of this kid. But no,
0: I haven't either. But he's a UFA this summer. He's young, promising. Yeah, I think this is a this is good for Demello, who now has a chance to prove himself with a contender going up for a contract this year. Whereas before in Ottawa, he wasn't getting much attention because they stunk.
1: They're so bad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, good for him. The Jets definitely want to make the playoffs. They've made that clear. They're going in for it. And the Senators are doing, like, what we all said, guys that they don't think they're going to be able to sign or who they don't think it's going to be worth the money that they're going to get. They ship them off, make some money off of them, set up for the future a little better.
1: So... A uh, rumor I heard today was, before we move on, uh-huh. this tangent. You guys are eyeing Kreider pretty hard. Mm-hmm. You know who else is? The Avalanche. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh.
0: If they the would, Avalanche get Kreider.
1: They would be the fastest team in the league. Uh-huh. And they would be.
0: They would literally have two of the top three fastest guys in the league.
1: And they would be the favorite to win the cup. They'd yeah. have to be. <laughs> well, other than the Lightning. I keep forgetting about them.
0: mm God, we need to get Kreider.
1: I don't need – if you get Kreider, then what? Then we win the the Stanley Cup. No, you don't. Okay. Lightning. All right. Let's move on. Sorry. That was like a little tidbit. I'm looking up the standings.
0: Speaking of the Bruins, they have not made a move, but the guy that they were eyeing, Tyler Toffoli, has been traded to the Canucks from the Kings. In exchange for forward Tim Schaller, forward Tyler Madden, 2020 second round pick and 2022 conditional fourth round pick. Conditions on that pick are if Toffoli re-signs to Vancouver this offseason, the Canucks give up that 2022 fourth round pick. If Toffoli signs elsewhere, then it's just the 2020 second round in the two players. This trade excites me most. For LA, I think they get great guys here. I'm familiar with Tim Schaller. Yeah. He's a UFA this summer. That's not the big piece in this move. The big piece is Tyler Madden, who has had 19 goals and 18 assists and 37 points in 27 games this year in Hockey East at Northeastern. In the World Juniors this this winter, three goals, one assist, four points in seven games for the U.S. He was picked in 2020, 2018 at 68 overall. The Kings now have his rights. I think this is an incredibly valuable player. He's been amazing at Northeastern this year. He was the top four guy at the World Juniors in January slash end of December. I think it's a great move for the Kings, who are obviously doing nothing. Also, Toffoli is a valuable player. He has buddies on the Vancouver team. He was in some guy's wedding. I forget who it is. but apparently, Stop he, touching your mic. He's Good Lord. fitting in really nice. <laughs> Already with Vancouver just in the locker room, and if they're going to make a push of the playoffs, some goals are much needed.
1: All right. I heard like half that. It's cause a good you kept, move. You kept doing this.
0: Yeah. You got OCD.
1: I do have OCD. Anyway, th- this, I'm going to just reiterate what you're saying is that this is great for both sides. To Foley on Vancouver makes almost too much sense. Mm-hmm. and the kings are definitely building for the future and this is a good way to start. Yeah. So, I and think Tyler Madden, like you said, playing phenomenal at Northeastern, he's definitely a guy you can build around. The Kings are getting older. They're not they still have a lot of the same pieces they had when they won <laughs> yeah. the cup in 14. So mm-hmm. I like it for both teams.
0: Kings also looking at moving Alec Martinez, it hasn't been done yet. Yeah, he
1: the number one thing on nhl.com was Martinez very aware that the Kings might move him.
0: Yeah, so. and that makes sense as well.
1: Vegas is pushing hard for Martinez. Mm-hmm. That's a rumor I saw yesterday. Yeah,
0: I saw that as well, which makes sense for Vegas, who could use offensive defensemen.
1: Yeah. And Martinez is might have the most wide-open goal in Stanley Cup Finals overtime history mm-hmm. to end a series. Gosh, that was so electric, though. Yeah,
0: it was. Yeah, right. that was amazing. Lightning. The Rich Get Richer, the Lightning acquire forward Blake Coleman from the Devils in exchange for forward Nolan Foote, 2020 conditional first-round pick. These are the worst conditions yet. (laughs) Lightning already had possession of Vancouver's 2020 and 2021 first-round picks. If Vancouver misses the playoffs this year, the Lightning get to keep that pick and
1: And the Devils –
0: the devils get the 2021 vancouver first round pick. So basically, if Vancouver has a better pick this year, the lightning get to keep it. But if Vancouver makes the playoffs, it's a worse pick. Therefore, they'll give up that that pick to New Jersey.
1: <laughs> so, it seems like the devils got hoodwinked. Right?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Coleman will be a UFA. In 2021, so they actually have him for another year. But
1: I don't know. God, these conditions. I know. Good Lord. Um, Blake Coleman, he just adds depth. Yeah. The lightning top six.
0: They're not looking for a forward who can
1: bang in. Well, the lightning top six is the best in the league right right now. Yeah. It might be the best in the league overall. You're going to put Blake Coleman with the greatest hockey player that's ever lived. You know his name, and you don't like him. I want you to say it. Pat Maroon. Yep. (laughs) I think Pat Maroon's over in. Pat Maroon's the GOAT. Yeah. Any guy who can. He's the greatest of all time. Anybody who can beat someone up in the preseason and then flash their ring to the other team's bench. I forgot why I hated I forgot why I
0: hated him. That is the most chump move of all time, (laughs) to flash a ring in the preseason. After fighting a guy that doesn't fight. Look. What a clown.
1: <laughs> God. Anyway, uh I don't really have much on that except for yeah, don't, I hate the lightning.
0: Don't overlook Nolan Foote. Uh he has fifteen and eighteen for thirty three, plus five and twenty seven games played in Kelowna in the in the Western hockey league. Uh Canadian league. Three two and five in seven games for Canada at the twenty twenty World Juniors. And he's a first round pick. First round pick, number number twenty seven overall. That's valuable. I think the Devils make out on this one because they get a first round forward, yet another to add to their impressive list of Nico Hishir.
1: Yeah, but I'm I'm shaking my head Jack because Hughes. Yeah, they have so many first round picks. They also had the heart winner in Taylor Hall, and they did nothing with it. hmm So they need some veterans on that team. They need some. They need a mix. Yeah, veterans are the last piece. I'm just saying. They've had the first, mm-hmm. what, they've had the overall, number one overall pick three years in a row now, and they had Taylor Hall on their team. Yeah, and they might get it again. And they wasted Corey Schneider in his prime. I mean.
0: And th- the NHL does a lottery, so it's possible that they get it again. They're going to finish with bottom five record in the league.
1: Yeah. This, I mean, that, until... New Jersey can prove to me that they can actually do something with their prospects and their young guys. This doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. So I I get what you're saying is this guy is young and he's promising. Promising and he he balled out and he's balling out in the WHL and he was a first over or first round pick. That doesn't mean anything to me, especially when he's going to the Devils.
0: All right. I can't can't disagree with that. So,
1: Devils need somebody who's gonna get good at developing players, and they need it quick, because otherwise Hughes and Shear are gonna start hitting their prime, and then they're not gonna do anything with it. We right. kind of saw that with Taylor Hall. They got him, and he won the heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Hockey rebuilds don't take very long, unless you're the New Jersey Devils, who have been rebuilding like for five years now and haven't done anything. Brodor
1: left, and it was just
0: yeah, and now they're just stuck in a constant yeah. state of rebuilding. They need a solid goaltender. They need solid defensemen because P.K. Subban stinks. Get him off your team now. Trade him and eat his entire contract.
1: So you think he's he's just worth He's the, done. He's done. Okay. All right.
0: I've always thought he was overrated. I think he's an awesome guy. He's His a wife favorite. proposed to him, which is a little bit like, you know.
1: Lindsey Vonn is. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah, That's exactly. Fair. That's fair. She's like the greatest skier of all time. Yeah. Because I don't know any other skiers. So, What's
0: that guy's name? Brody.
1: Yeah. This is Whatever, hockey. Whatever. That guy was nasty. Anyway.
0: Whoever that guy was. Shout out to Brody the skier. Uh, <laughs> Brody the skier.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Our last trade. Thank God. The Islanders acquire veteran defenseman Andy Green from the Devils in exchange for prospect Defense David Quenville. Not sure if he's related to the Joel Quinville and a 2021 second-round pick. Green is 37, has never played a game or has now played one game outside of New Jersey in his entire life. Not outside of New Jersey, but on a different NHL team than New Jersey. And he got an assist in this first game. I think he's playing on the second pairing, probably playing around 18 minutes a night, which is a good chunk for a 37-year-old defenseman who adds that experience to the Islanders, which they not desperately need, but they could use for sure. Green has 2-9 and 11 this year, now 2-9 and 12. He's a plus one and a plus one now on uh, the Islanders, if I remember correctly. He will be a UFA this summer. Who knows if he retires or signs again? I really don't know where Andy Green's headspace is at. But for a team moving forward who's probably about two, three years out, like we just talked about in the Devils, it makes sense because this guy's not going to be there for the run that they plan on making in four years because he'll be 41 then. You get what I'm saying?
1: I totally get what
0: you're saying. So you you move him and get whatever you can from him. And they get, you know, a fine load. David Quenville, not outstanding numbers in the AHL this year, but he's 21 years old. He he went directly to Binghamton. Hopefully they can build him up. 2021 second-round pick, also very valuable. It's not a bad load for the Devils. Sad that a guy like Andy Green, had to go an entire career without doing anything with the Devils.
1: That's what I'm saying. These these prospects don't mean anything to me in until New they Jersey. show that they can build around
0: them. Because so far they haven't been able so to do So the
1: all these he's sheer world class player, mm-hmm. Jack Hughes world class player. Mm-hmm. It's the front office issue. Well, they are. They have
0: cleaned house and That's true. So hopefully they can do something there.
1: John uh, John Hines is a good coach. Yeah, he is. I I don't think he was the main issue. But.
0: How's he doing in Nashville?
1: Let me look up the standings. Go ahead.
0: That's a good segue, actually, because we're going to go get into the standings. I think we should take a look at the teams that haven't made moves yet, see, like, maybe
1: where they should go. Uh, Nashville is three points out of the wild card. So so not bad. Pretty much where exactly they where they were at. I think when they were like fired seven Lavulette. points
0: out when they fired him. They had lost four in a row or something like that. Whatever.
1: Anyway. So um, he's doing fine. And so David Quinville, brother of Peter Quinville. They're both cousins of Joel. Coach they you. are. Yeah. Cousins? Mm hmm. Really? It said first cousins once removed. I don't know. Okay.
0: So, it's Joel Quinville's cousin's son. Okay. That's yeah. what it is. Because I'm first cousin once removed with my cousin's son.
1: All right, so it's his dad's brother's kid's kid.
0: Or something like that. Or sister, yeah. No, because the name is Quenville, so it has to be be his dad. Unless they took the wife's name.
1: Now we're getting way too into it. Which actually would make sense
0: if you're trying to get a, a career in hockey, you take the name Quenville. Oh, absolutely. So who knows? Anyway. Anyway. Trade rumors. Chris Kreider.
1: Hopefully to the Avs. Now, yeah, that's rude. Now drawing,
0: (laughs) now drawing interest from what is rumored to be four teams. They say that on the, this is on the Nessun website, and then they don't tell you what four teams it
1: is. Way to go, Nessun. New York is trying
0: to sign him to a contract extension, which tells me that they don't want to move him, but they definitely won't keep him if they think he won't sign. He is probably going to get moved. I think that's the assign. That's the thing. Washington rumored to be in on him. Why? Oh, nope. They asked Washington if they were in on it. I think Washington GM Brian McClellan made a stealth move to see if he could get on in on Kreider, but the Dylan trade probably takes him out of it. That was the quote made by Elliott Friedman. Four teams are Boston, Colorado, New York, Islanders, and Saint Louis. If any of those other teams get them, I'll be angry. The Islanders, I have a soft spot in my heart. Colorado, I think. Well, I have a soft spot in my heart for Colorado, too. I don't know why. They're just awesome.
1: So legendary.
0: But if St. Louis gets them, I'll probably cry.
1: So remember the conversation we had last week. Is Terasenko ready to go for the playoffs? If he's not. If we're they get
0: Kreider, s- I think we can assume that no.
1: That's what I'm saying. If he's not. St. Louis is going to put – you know they're going to push hard for Kreider because he's a top yeah. six forward.
0: not a great sign for Tarasenko and the Blues, even that the Blues aren't involved in this, you know? Yeah. The fact that they're seeking him. Maybe they're just
1: – Maybe they use who him knows, as, a, maybe maybe they use as a rental.
0: Yeah, or it's gravy. They just, whatever, might as well take Kreider if we can and just add Tarasenko.
1: You remember that time when you said St. Louis was only going to lead the division for one day, and they've led the di- the Central this entire time? Remember you said
0: you wanted to trade Braden Holpe?
1: I do, play I remember Ilya, that.
0: Play Ilya Samsonov into the playoffs.
1: That's fine. Nah, that was we'll see how it goes. Too. That was stupid, too. Yeah, but we haven't seen that play out. We've seen this play out. The Blues have held first place in the Central, I think, for the entire season. <laughs> yeah, they have. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was a bad take, but I also said they would make the Western Conference Finals. So I also said San Jose was
1: going to make the playoffs, so we we both had our fair share of hot takes.
0: Yeah, your preseason picks weren't bad, to say the least.
1: Yeah, New Jersey wins the Metro. Mm. P.K. Subban wins the Hud Norris. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll see you all later. I'm going to head out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway. All right, let's go through the standings. Why don't we? All right. Metropolitan. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. I just I read the Pittsburgh Penguins at the top oh, and I that's just what happened. had an acid reflux. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins lead the Metro with a game in hand. Uh they're at eighty points. Washington at seventy nine. Philly at seventy three. So it's gonna come down to Pittsburgh, Washington. The Atlantic is Boston eighty six, Tampa eighty five. Let's mention Tampa's won eleven in a row. They haven't lost in regulation since January twelfth. Toronto is at 70, which is ridiculous. I think Boston and Tampa could probably clinch tomorrow, like officially, which is insane. 20 Um, games
0: left. They're probably 10 games out from now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is three weeks away. Uh,
1: Islanders, Carolina hold the top two wild card spots. Columbus is tied in points, but Islanders have three games in hand. Carolina has two games in hand. Mm Florida is four points back. The Rangers are, if I can do math, eight points back. So it looks like it's going to be four teams vying for two wild-card spots.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, I think.
1: Because interchangeably, yeah. Philly's at 73, and the Islanders and Carolina are at 72. They're both in the Metro, so they could interchange. But the Metro's getting five teams in.
0: Unless Florida seeks in. I could still see that happening. But you're right. All right, I think you're go. right right now.
1: Let's go to the West. Okay. St. Louis leads the Central at 76. Dallas in second with 74 and a game in hand. And then Colorado has two games in hand. They're at 73. They're in third. Edmonton leads the Pacific with two games in hand on Vegas. They're tied in points. Vegas in second with 70 points. Vancouver 69. And then the wild card spots are held up by Calgary and Arizona. Winnipeg is one point behind, Nashville's three, Minnesota's seven, and that's probably a Minnesota. We can cut Minnesota I off. I think
0: Minnesota's the line there. I think Nashville, Winnipeg, Arizona, Calgary are vying yep. for those four. Two wild card spots, four teams.
1: Let's just get into the fact that five teams are within two points of the lead of the Pacific. Mm-hmm.
0: Pacific is so tight. That is insane. But the Central now getting even tighter, the top three are separated by three points.
1: Yeah. In Colorado, yeah. Just plus, made. they have the best goal differential in the West, yeah. and they're sitting in third place in the Central.
0: Well, they score so many goals, but they do—they do let up a considerable amount, at least.
1: Yeah, I watched uh, their last game against the Lightning. They forced overtime, and then Kucherov scored a five-hole did overtime Kucherov winner. Things again,
0: yeah. Because Kucherov can just decide to be Kucherov.
1: Who was it? McKinnon was trying to like skate around him. Kucherov just. Picked his pocket clean, mm. and then McKinnon was playing the catch-up game, and Kucherov slid slid the puck in five hole, and they didn't even know he scored because it like flipped over that um that apron, like mm-hmm. you know how the puck hides sometimes in that apron in the back of the net. It did that, so and that was like super confusing. But
0: so you mentioned Edmonton and Vegas at seventy points. Yep, that would be in seventh. In the Metropolitan Division.
1: Yep. The East is so much more talented. So much more. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Yeah. Because we talk about how tight the Pacific is. It's because those teams aren't playing.
0: Actually, I made this point at the All-Star Game. I'm going to disagree with you. I think the Pacific Division is the most individually talented division in the world, in the NHL. Because if you think about it, you got McKinnon. McDavid, dry subtle. The list goes on.
1: Really? Yeah. Pittsburgh. Okay. Crosby. Fair. Malkin. Gensel. Washington. Ovi.
0: Gensel doesn't belong on that list.
1: Okay, whatever. Uh, Gi- Jari, who was an all-star. Yeah. Ovi. As much as – Hopey was an all-star as much as I've been ragging him this year. Oshie. Carlson. Philly. Carter Hart. JVR. You're just
0: naming names right now. JBR's not No, he's not a superstar like McKinnon and Dry And
1: McDavid. I just named you three and Mark, Mark Crosby, André, Mark, Mark and Fleury. We can go let's we could go shot for shot right now. Name name the best player in the West. Connor McDavid. John Carlson. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> what? <laughs> Get out of here. All David right. Posnock. David Posnok's in the East.
0: Yeah. You said John Carlson. I'm refuting your John Carlson with David Pastrnak.
1: I I was thinking the Metro. Okay. It's Pacific
0: versus Metro? Yes. You think John Carlson's the most talented player in the Metro?
1: Who is? Sidney Crosby? Sidney Crosby? I'm talking this season. Yeah. Sidney Crosby was out six weeks. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Your fault, sports hangers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the Metro's better. The Metro's,
0: Metro's far better. I said, it, I said it before
1: review. the season. The Metro is the best division of hockey, and I still think it's true.
0: Right now, Matt, the two best teams in the world
1: are in the Atlantic division. Yeah, and then you go third. And it's really not even that close. Then you go third. How many points does Toronto have?
0: <laughs> yeah, Toronto stinks.
1: Okay, it's top heavy. <laughs> it's okay, top yeah, heavy. it's top heavy. Jeez. That's why the Metro's going to have five teams and the Atlantic's going to have three. Like, it has been every year of this new playoff system. Which we all hate. We do hate it, but I'm just... That's... Mm -hmm. That makes my case right there. That it's Boston and Tampa leading the Atlantic every year. Toronto's never going to get past the Bruins. Boston is going to struggle with Tampa, and that's just the storyline of the playoffs. Yeah. We struggle with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is going to lose to some team that nobody expected to. them yeah. to lose to. Islanders. And then, yeah, like they got swept by them mm-hmm. last year. And then there's going to be a storybook run like Carolina did to the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston-St. Louis rematch. It's not going to be a Boston-St. Louis rematch. Why not? I don't see St. Louis winning in the playoffs. I don't if either. Don't have I Senka. think
0: they do the typical year after winning the cup. Like Boston did in twenty eleven, in twenty twelve, when they won the President's Trophy, lost in the first round. Like
1: we did last year. You did
0: like the Caps did last year. The only exception in the past few years was Pittsburgh winning two in a row, Mm -hmm. but then they were terrible in the third year.
1: Or when you had Chicago, LA, when they were just clearly the two best teams, they just went Western Conference Finals, Stanley Cup, Western Mm -hmm. Conference Finals, Mm -hmm. Stanley Cup. But yeah, but it does happen.
0: In the NHL, you talk about a, a hangover. It happens in the playoffs. Yeah. Because it feels like, think about it, how close, how short of a time ago was it that they were lifting the cup over the summer? feels like yesterday, doesn't it? Now you're getting to the point where you're getting into the thick of it, the dog days of the season, and you're like, they have to be thinking, we got to get ready to do this again already.
1: Once – and this is why I love this time of year because once the trade deadline hits 3 p.m. on Monday – Heads go down. It's go time. Mm-hmm. And I love it because too. you get late April games that are looking like playoff games. Late I mean, April all these huh? – Late March. Late March, yeah. yeah. Uh, Late March and then all the games in April have the intensity oh, of playoffs.
0: Man. Yeah, there's only like a week in April this year.
1: Yeah, it's fast-tracked. But – And I'm pumped. <sighs>
0: Man, I can't wait for the playoffs.
1: We're so close. We are so close.
0: Playoff hockey is the best event in the world.
1: Other than the World Cup.
0: No. The World Cup is sick. All right. Yeah. But it's... I
1: don't... I don't agree. You don't agree that the World Cup...
0: As far as importance goes, there's nothing even close in sports to the World Cup. Okay. Then we're good. But pure entertainment, even in the World Cup, there's 50 minutes of soccer that doesn't matter. That's... That's it's so that's true. That's kind of true. Yeah.
1: But it doesn't matter. It's it has the same anticipation. Every possession matters in the World Cup. US Possessions
0: is, can last 8 minutes in soccer. That's fine. No, nah, it's stupid.
1: Possessions last year in the playoffs, possession lasted 5 minutes in hockey. San Jose Vegas, 5 minute power play, they scored 4 times. Oh my gosh. Vegas This isn't a soccer show, I'm just saying. Yeah. The World Cup has Sure. Because it happens once every four years. You're rooting for your country. It's it's a different type of atmosphere.
0: The most exciting event in sports is all seven games for the Stanley Cup final.
1: Sure. That's your opinion.
0: What are you taking? We're biased, but Game 7, Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, tag us on Twitter. What do you think? So
0: anything. Last year, Game 7, Toronto versus Boston in Boston was like one of the best games. Are you of the saying
1: like your team in the
0: No, I'm just saying Are you saying, just saying pure entertainment? I'm going to watch every single game of the playoffs. I do every year. Oh, me too. And I don't care about the World Cup. I'm I'm biased, but I'll maybe watch the highlights of the final.
1: I'm just arguing you factually, yeah. statistically, no, yeah. the nothing comes close to the World Cup,
0: which is why I need to get a job in NHL marketing. And make people realize that hockey's better than soccer.
1: It is. My roommate was trying to watch ho- hockey, and I was like, "All right, let's just, let's just wait, be patient, and I'll expose it to you in the playoffs because that'll be your first impression of hockey, and that's when the best hockey is, you'll be and you'll be hooked." So if you ever want to introduce someone to hockey, just say, "I'll see you in April," mm-hmm. and they're hooked, and it's awesome. God, man.
0: I can't wait. Right before the puck drops on the first game, hearing like the crowd, you see the flashing bulbs, it zooms in on the ref. He's ready to drop the puck.
1: And of course oh. of course it's Wes Macaulay.
0: Yeah, it's Wes McCauley every time, without <laughs> exception. So And Doc Emmerich is like, We're ready, set to go here at <laughs> T right. Mobile Arena in Las Vegas,
1: Nevada. Alright. Uh right now if the if the season ended right now. Yes. Talk about let's talk about these matchups. Pittsburgh, Carolina. Boston Islanders, or no, it would be Boston, Carolina, Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. Islanders. It would be a Pittsburgh Islanders rematch. Caps, Philly, Tampa, Toronto. That would be out of the East.
0: Doesn't excite me as much as
1: it should. No, I was thinking Tampa, Toronto, but I think that would be a a sweep.
0: Tampa, Toronto, well, if Boston ends up playing Toronto somehow, say Tampa passes it, that gets the juices flowing. Obviously, I'm going to be excited no matter what. But just as a pure like rivalry matchup, here's what I want to see in the first round: Pittsburgh, Washington.
1: It's not going to happen, though.
0: Okay, Washington wins the. Oh man, Pittsburgh, Philly in the first round. Get out of here. How sick would that be?
1: That so the, the Caps Philadelphia to win the Subway Series. Yeah, that would the Cavs be would have to pass Pittsburgh, again. and then we would have the Islanders first round. The Barry Trotz Bowl. That'd be awesome. That'd be the Storylines there. Yeah.
0: Boston would have to play Carolina. Well, we'll say the Lightning play Carolina and Boston plays Toronto yet again in the first round.
1: Nobody wants to see that beating that you guys are going to give <laughs> yeah, Toronto know, again. Let's go to the West. It'll be exciting.
0: We can't even do this right now because who know any of these divisions. I know, could be but right now good.
1: it's exciting to talk about.
0: Edmonton, Vegas will be cool. It's the history versus the success. No, right now. Success.
1: Oh. You're, listen, right now, St. Louis. Would play Arizona, whatever. Then Edmonton would play Calgary. We would have goalie fights all seven games. God,
0: the Alberta, the Battle of Alberta. You're telling me that would be electric. That's the best series
1: ever. Yeah. Vegas Vancouver, whatever. Dallas Colorado would be electric as well.
0: Vegas Vancouver is the expansion franchise bowl. (laughs)
1: Vegas, I think Vegas would sweep Vancouver.
0: Dallas, Colorado, Colorado would be a good series. It
1: would be electric. Then you got to throw Winnipeg in there. They're right there. Nashville, maybe, whatever.
0: Winnipeg, we need Winnipeg to make the playoffs just for the whiteout.
1: Yeah, those jerseys. And
0: they're, Well, yeah, they don't wear white, but the entire crowd does.
1: Yeah, but their jerseys are yeah, electric they're awesome. anyway. Yeah, they're awesome.
0: But that arena is so loud. That's the best arena built for playoff hockey. There's like 15,000 seats. Everybody and I literally mean everybody in the
1: entire place is wearing white. You don't think Nassau? Everybody's on top of you in Nassau. It's like people in old. Nassau
0: only care about hockey until like once the playoffs start. You see they can't even sell out Nassau Coliseum when they play like Toronto. When John Tavares comes back and they're not even they don't even sell out now. They
1: did sell out. Yeah, game. it was like the first time in a while. That it was, was awesome. The thing that, yeah, they it were, was awesome. They were championship. Okay, like, that's, the true. And that's at how him. like the
0: guys are on top of them, but yeah. I, I will hold firm that the fans, the whiteout, out, the arena, just the craze of hockey in Winnipeg is incredible when the when the playoffs start. They have to make it just for that.
1: Yeah. Vegas was electric as well. You have to give Winnipeg
0: years. a shot in their own building against anybody. Which I think is true of any team. Yeah. But particularly them. Even if they sneak in here in, in the last spot and they dethrone Arizona, who <laughs> that would just be hilarious because of the amount of people who are just starting to get into hockey in Arizona, which is probably the fastest growing warm weather state in the country, I'd say, for hockey, just because of like the Kellers. I don't know if did the Kellers have brothers. Why did I think they did? But technically, the Kachucks are from Arizona because of their dad,
1: Austin Matthews.
0: Austin Matthews is from from Arizona. Arizona State is a wagon in the NCAA right now. Yep. Arizona's awesome. And I, my sick and twisted mind thinks it would be hilarious that they barely missed the playoffs after being like in first in the Pacific for the entire year. I, I can't wait. It's so hard to talk about right now because you know it's not going to look anything like no, this when it ends.
1: But let's just end this with we're amped for playoff. We're holiday. pumped, and you should be too.
0: So we're going to try to call up. We'll do episodes even after we leave during the playoffs. Yeah. During the month of May. During the Martha May.
1: (laughs) I don't know why that came to my head. Martha
0: May is from the Grinch.
1: Yeah, it is from the Grinch. All right, let's get out of here. What are we doing?
0: Yeah, let's get out of here. This is so poorly lit, but we're going to fix it up. Get a great studio. We'll send you guys pictures when we get there. Yeah,
1: this is like there's one light out. We're like struggling to see each other right now. It's a dungeon. It is, but we're excited about it because we can make it our own. We kind of have free reign on how we can fix it up. Right. So it's exciting. Exciting stuff.
0: Super exciting.
1: Good Goal Podcast, Instagram, Twitter. We're mainly on Twitter. But email us if you have comments, questions. You want to just donate money because you feel like it. Yeah. Good Goal Podcast at com. Anything else, Christian?
0: That's all I got. Keep all up right. with us on Twitter. Yep. We're trying to increase our presence. Interact with us, thanks to Will and your brothers. Yeah, for always for doing trashing that. us. My dad as well. App eighty nine. Yeah, your dad give us a He's shout getting out. Getting in the mix on some Twitter. nice
1: words on uh, about the game. Our call. Yeah. So, big things. Yep. We'll
0: see y'all next week. Thanks for listening. Peace.